I'm excited to be here today. I'm very excited, actually, and I hope you are excited. And if you're not, I bet you by the end of the service that you'll probably be excited. Okay? Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to be excited about what God can do in our lives. We all have to ask ourselves the question, what stands in the way of our relationship with God? We live in a broken world, so there is something that is standing in the way of our relationship with God. And there are two kinds of people, those that deal with it and those that don't. And Celebrate Recovery is, one, is a group of those people that, and I use that, those people with honor. Because we are those people, we're the ones that stepped out of the boat and started walking to Christ. We didn't stay in that rickety boat hoping that it would hold together. We're going to do something. So we're excited about that. I'm excited about that. Today, we're going to learn what takes place at Willow Bend's Celebrate Recovery. I know a lot of you think that it's all about a group of people meeting on Monday nights and talking about the things that they struggle with. And you know something? You're right. But what you don't understand is what we do when we deal with that. And what we do when we deal with that is we move forward. We find victory. We share the victory, those little steps one at a time, and we get excited. And, and you will see later on in this service what we do as part of that giving back process. I did want to talk to you briefly, though, about the total foundation for what Celebrate Recovery is based on, and it's based on the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. And I would certainly hope that that slide would come up. <laughs> You're going to get excited tonight. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> the road to recovery. This is where we are. Just keep, let's get going. Realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendencies to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. Matthew 5, 3. You know, one of the things that we understand and celebrate recovery, there are three things that can detour or even squash our recovery. Those three words are pride, trust, and control. And you know something? We all struggle with it from one degree or another. Well, it's interesting that that first beatitude talks about humility. And where there is humility, there isn't pride. So the humility goes along is the foundation for all of the beatitudes that we're going to be talking about. In fact, Matthew 18, 3, 4 says pride has no place in the kingdom of God. We've got to let the pride go. I know that most people don't struggle with pride, right? And nobody controls with, or struggles with control, right? Anybody have trust issues? 
One, two, three. And I know my wife has control issues. Because <laughs> she spends quite a bit of time controlling me. And she's very successful at it. Let's go to the next step. Earnestly believe that God exists. That I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. We don't do any growing when we're in mountaintop experiences, do we? When life is good and we're sitting up there on that mountain and we're looking at the beautiful horizon, life's good. But when we're down in that valley, when we get to that point in our lives where we're down in that valley, that's where we learn. Because we're crawling and we're seeking God. And that's when we are receptive. There is no pride down in the valley. There is no control down in the valley. There is the development of trust down in the valley. Number three, happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Have we all read that? All right, let's keep going. That was number two. Let's keep going. Consciously choose to commit all my life to Christ's will and control. Okay, now we're at Matthew 5, 5. Happy are the meek, Matthew 5, 5. You know what we... How many remember when we had the horse whisperer out here? It's pretty cool, wasn't it? When he broke and trained that horse, he didn't make that horse weak, did he? He made him gentle. Meekness does not mean weakness. Christians can't be weak. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous because we are challenged. Meekness is necessary for salvation. We cannot come to a believing faith in Jesus Christ if we aren't meek, if we aren't humble, if we aren't gentle. We cannot effectively witness without it. We can try, but we cannot. The Spirit, people will follow what we do before they follow what we say. We need to live that example. And it's important to us that we do. Next, next slide. Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Matthew 5, 8. Happier the pure in heart. What does a pure in heart mean? Cleansing and renewal. We have to have our hearts cleaned. We have to live in the presence of God, and we can only do that through the sanctification of a relationship with God. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but we are, once we have Christ in our lives, we have changed. Next slide. Voluntarily admit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove the character defects. Next slide. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. Five, six. Hunger and thirst are requirements, are necessary for life, to live. 
righteousness is necessary for spiritual life. When we're hungry or thirsty, sometimes we just crave it, don't we? Crave to get something into our stomachs or to to have that drink of cool, fresh water. God wants us to crave righteousness just like that, that it is a pain, that we have to do it. We crave that. It's exciting. Uh, The next slide. Evaluate all my relationships and forget... I'm going to read it from up here. I can't see it. I'm sorry. Evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others. Except when to do so would harm them or others. And the verse that goes with that is Matthew 5, 9. Happier the merciful, Matthew 5, 7. Hang on to that slide. What does 5, 7 mean? Uh, Matthew 5, 7 has much in, in line with forgiveness. We have another saying in Celebrate Recovery. That saying is, do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? Because we can be right. I can get pretty dogmatic. I can be right. But if I'm destroying a relationship in the process, what good does it do? What we need to do is restore the relationship. And when we restore the relationship, then we can deal with the issue. And if we can't come to a resolution, then we can agree to disagree. But the relationship is saved. God wants us to be in relationships. We don't have to always be right. I would much rather be reconciled in a relationship. Because understand, we are saved by God's grace and his forgiveness, not by anything that we've done. So I'm not going to argue right or wrong because I was wrong and he said, I'm going to make you right in me. So I'm excited about that. Forgiveness flows out of mercy. Mercy flows out of love. Understand that mercy is related to justice. It relates to consequences. Aren't we glad that God gives us mercy, that we don't get what we deserve? Isn't that exciting? Because I know where I'd be if I got what I deserved. Matthew 5, 9 says, happier the peacemakers. Peace equals righteousness and truth. The author of peace is who? You can answer, it's okay. Okay. He is, he is the author. Understand this, men that are without peace are without God. If we have God in our life, if we have Christ in our life, there are going to be times when we will experience that peace that passes understanding. I can tell you personally in in times that I've had where there have been situations that I've dealt with in my personal life uh, with uh, my my son and family members. I ached. I agonized. Didn't know what I was going to do. And then Christ would come and I would feel that peace that he promises in Corinthians that passes understanding. And I found comfort in that. In my prayer time, what I, I will always remember, I was praying for my kids, and I was reading this section in the, in the Word about prejudice. And I said, 
I'm not prejudiced. My goodness. I've got everybody, you know, Salvation Army and all these guys. I'm in love. I'm hugging them and, and I'm loving on them. And that's great. He said, and I said, am I missing something here? Is there something that I'm not thinking about? Do I have a blind spot? He said, maybe you're prejudiced about other Christians that don't believe just like you. And I go, oh. Because you know something? There's some blue-haired people on TV that I struggled with. But I remember that night they were having a, a, a telethon. And I watched it. And I saw the things, how God used them in so many ways. In fact, if it wasn't for that particular group of people, we wouldn't be able to t- be talking about what we're doing, what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. So I learned a vital lesson. What are we prejudiced about? I'm not, you know, if, if there's a friend of mine that comes to me and he's a believer in Jesus Christ and he has different theologies that don't that aren't, don't change from the basic, this is who we are. Christ on the cross. That he's forgiven for us, that he's died for our sins. And he's sitting at the right hand of God. That's the basis for my fellowship with any believer. And I'm excited about that. When we aren't merciful, it's tough for us to have mercy. But when we are merciful, God shows us mercy. Uh, the final one. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination and Bible reading and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and the power to follow his will. Yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to, by my example and by my words. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Not too many people like that particular beatitude. I, I, I read one commentary where it said, happy are the harassed. <laughs> I, we could use that in CR because that's a kind of a... Anyway, Scripture tells us we're going to be persecuted, right? doesn't say Maybe. 50-50 chance, or if you're, not doing, if you're not living the way you're supposed to live, you're going to get persecuted. He says, we will be persecuted. We even see that in other countries now, don't we? Terrible situations. But let's bring it home. What about, what about if we're talking about the verbal mocking and the insults? How do we handle that? What about the accusations and the slander? I guarantee you, people that are involved in leadership... Get in, that get attacked by slander, they get in with misinformation, all of that stuff takes place. How do you handle it? All the Beatitudes talk about a blessing. With persecution, it's actually a double blessing. Because the most legitimate example of our salvation is our persecution. It's going to happen. It can't help but happen. So I asked the question, 
What do we learn in CR? We learn that God is almighty. We learn that we are powerless without him. We learn that it is only through his strength can we have strength. We know that only through our salvation and our relationship with Jesus Christ that we have eternal life. It is only through him that we have the power to change our lives because it is his power in us. We recognize that the free will that God gives us, that free will got me in a lot of trouble. But when I got rid of my free will and turned my will over to God, my life began to change. And you will see this in every person that is a part of Celebrate Recovery. Started at the same place. I can't do it anymore. There's got to be a better way. I keep falling down in that hole, and I'm tired of getting hurt. And they will come, they'll come in through the back door of Celebrate Recovery, and they'll sit there. And then they learn something. Well, don't step in the hole. Good idea. So they start walking around the hole, but sometimes life gets in the way, and we're not thinking. Or sometimes we get cocky, don't we? Hmm. See how close I can get. And what happens? We fall in. So that's when the the folks in CR say, you know something? I think there's more to it than just walking around. And so they go into the step study and they start dealing with the red meat of recovery. And you know what they find out? Just walk down a different street. Just go down a different road. You don't have to flirt with sin. You need to be accountable. You need to be accountable to others. Life wasn't meant to walk alone. James 5.16 says, when we confess our sins to one another and pray for one another, there's healing. Healing's a good thing. But you know what else? It brings freedom. God wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be in bondage of sin. I am excited, and I want to let Celebrate Recovery speak for itself. So I'm going to ask at this time that we start a little uh, uh, two-and-a-half-minute program, movie, and I want you to see it. You get the idea of that? Well, I'm excited now. Are the seatbelts on? Because we're going to get started. I want to introduce a dear friend, a brother in Christ. His name is Brown Alford. And uh, he is our ministry leader for Celebrate Recovery here at Willow Bend Church. And I've known him when he showed up for the first time. And I will say something about him that uh, he, he can disagree with me, but... He can't. He was as messed up as I was when I first met him. (laughs) But he's a changed man through Jesus Christ. And this is a team that he's brought together, and he's going to have an opportunity to share with them a little bit. Sunday, every Wednesday, I'm a recovering Southern Baptist as well. Uh, (laughs) There's there's always one. Uh, 
stuck with it and I stayed in. Uh, and it's not just Daryl running the show. It's not it's just me running the show. It's just me. Forget about it. I've got a great team. Uh, I'm going to start with Amy. Amy's a fifth grade teacher, and she's my trainer. And since I kind of relate on a fifth grade level, it works <laughs> Um, so, like I said <laughs> earlier, um, my name is Amy. Um, I'm, in I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and in recovery for alcohol addiction. And I came through the doors of Willow Bend in January 2014. And it was not my choice to come. I was actually faced with an ultimatum. And I was like, okay, I'll do this, whatever. And um, I told God, I'm giving you three months. That, that's all I'm giving you, three months. That's all I have in my schedule right now. <laughs> and um, I did make a promise to him, though. I said, I will come consistently for those three months. So do what you need to do. And um, I came in, arms crossed, legs folded, uh, doubtful that all these older people could help me. <laughs> um, but I fell, God had a different plan, and I fell in love with Jesus all over again, and I fell in love with myself the way God loves me, and uh, he changed my heart and to glorify him, and look at me now, they can't get rid of me two years later, um, and now I'm sober, I'm, I have hope, I feel joy, and I know that I'm always his forever. Thank you. I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a, an e-coaches, a husband-wife e-coach. They're encourager coaches. And, and, and while it, we all want to encourage, their, their primary task is to, is to pay attention and, and look for ways to encourage the team and, and keep us all going. Uh, and Becky also pulls double duty. She's our worship leader. And, and did she not do a great job with the band earlier? We are so blessed to have that band every week. Uh, introduce yourself a little bit, and you can talk about him, too. Hi, my name is Becky. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery for codependence and past abuse issues. And I came to CR about eight years ago, and when I walked in the door, I was very angry, and I was ready to file for divorce. Um, I was so tired of trying to control my husband and his addiction, and I was done. Um, but when I sat in the small groups and I heard the other women share, I realized I was not alone. I realized that there are a lot of women dealing with that. And so I decided to stick it out. After six months, I went through a step study, and I ended up with an amazing sponsor that I believe was appointed by God. And so when I shared my life with her, thinking that her response would be to rebuke me, um, to correct me, uh, to tell me what I need to change. She didn't. She just said, I can understand that with all you've been through. And that meant the world to me. Because I came from a legalistic background, and although I had a loving family, um, I had been, been through a lot of emotional abuse. And I, I lived a life of self-condemnation and self-loathing. And so for her to say that to me, I was blown away. And, um, and I fell in love with her. You know who you are. <laughs> um, so 
so from that point, what I, there are so many things I could share, so many wonderful things that I've learned and that God has changed in me, but I'll just share a few. One is, I, I, it's ingrained in me now that I am loved by God, I am accepted by God, and I am supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here. I've also learned that I don't have to control my husband. God is capable of doing that. I just need to deal with my own life and let God and the men in his life help him with his issues. Um, our marriage, we, have, we still have a ways to go, but we are in love, and we're not giving up. Um, I, I, I look to my husband for, for so much, and I love him so much. Um, so. But if, if you haven't figured out, her husband's Alan. That's... <laughs> Alan also, he's our e-coach as well, uh, but he also runs the booth and keeps keeps the slides flipping and, and, and tries to give me signal to go faster. Um, hi, everybody. Thanks for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, letting us share. I've got a bit of a cold. I apologize for getting over a cold. But anyway, my name's Alan. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who's in recovery for sexual addiction, um, internet pornography, and uh, character issues that... I'll probably always be working on whether it be integrity or anger. And um, like I said, we're all glad to be here. Um, of course, we are the, the team that uh, basically uh, just helps Daryl and uh, Brown with the ministry. Um, we, Becky and I, first came to Willow Bend uh, 2008. I actually used to drive by the church Quite a bit. I used to see the sign that would say "Celebrate Recovery," seven o'clock Monday night, and I remember telling Becky, uh, "Hey, look, you know, uh, I know about Celebrate Recovery. Been to one, didn't really take, but I'm going to this one. Do you want to come?" And uh, wouldn't you know it, Becky joined me. And uh, just real quickly, I just always remember during that time, Daryl in the back, uh, greeting us and making us feel so welcome, uh, always giving us a a shake and a hug, and it was really impactful. But, um, you know, basically what Becky shared is, yes, you know, my addiction to pornography um, has been huge, and uh, it's really only been through celibate recovery. After so many years of dealing with it, repenting, uh, purging, whatever it would take, celibate recovery is the only thing that's really worked for me as far as just being able to uh, understand who I am. That's the great thing about Celebrate Recovery is, like Becky was saying, I didn't have to uh, work on her as far as controlling me and everything. Um, she came, and thank God she came. She understood the program. She got, she was healed, and I've been able to heal because of the men that showed me the way. And, of course, ultimately it's about Christ. Uh, if it wasn't for Christ, uh, there, there's, I wouldn't have hope. And so Christ does the, the work. The program's been incredible. Mick is in the audience right here. He was my first sponsor. Here's a man that showed me in small group in the step studies that, hey, you know, I've been over to overcome. I've been able to overcome, you know, my issue. And so seeing that gave me hope that, hey, these men are overcoming these issues, and it's not impossible. I can change. It will work. And so... We're so grateful to uh, Willow Ben, really uh, supporting Celebrate Recovery, 
we, we take great pleasure in being encourager coaches, helping to encourage the group and whatever that may be and serving. And, and that's just what really it comes down to is ultimately giving back. Nick was my example, Brown, Daryl. And so that's what I try to do now is I just try to give back. I'm just one beggar helping another beggar. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Alan. Robin, Robin's my assimilator coach. Uh, anything video, video graphic, she makes it wonderful. We, Daryl and I have these terrible ideas and she makes them actually really good. And she hates being up here. Uh, so she's gonna go quick, I know. Hello, I'm Robin. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with trust issues, childhood sexual abuse, and anger. Before CR, I lived in a world in the land of wrong. My feelings were wrong, my emotions were wrong, my actions were wrong, I was wrong. Who I was, everything about me was wrong. And I wasn't worth giving to, just being used. Because of CR, I know that what others believe about me doesn't matter. I know that I am loved. I know that I am wanted. I know that I am becoming what Jesus wants me to be. I have returned to my best friend, who is Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, he who sits at the right hand of God the Father. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Hey, Karen, Karen's my women's ministry leader. I have no idea what women do. She takes care of it, and she does a great job. We know that. Right, Clyde, where'd you go? That's right. Okay, um, you know that I'm here uh, or came uh, for alcohol addiction. That was in January of 2013, three years ago. I came here, um, I was bound up by the chains of alcohol. Um, I started using it when I was very young to help relax me. I had a social anxiety issue and I thought I had found the magic bullet and you know, I'm, I can do all things now. Um, and what happened is over the course of 35 plus years, alcohol became my God. And um, I put everything else before alcohol. Uh, it grew to be something that used me instead of me using it. Um, I put it even uh, above my marriage. So when I came to CR, I was very depressed. I was desperate. I was ashamed. I was scared. I was afraid I would never be able to be free of this and that I would lose everything, including my 30-year marriage. Uh, so I started attending on Monday nights. I joined a step study. And I thought, man, no one else in this step study is dealing with any kind of substance abuse. How in the world am I going to you know, get rid of this problem when everybody else is there for small problems like anger, abuse, codependency? <laughs> so what I learned was we had different issues that brought us together. But underneath, we all had similar hurts. And we were trying to fill holes in our hearts with things that didn't fit. And the only thing that did fit there and belonged there was God. And that's what I learned um, from my step study. Um, the, I relapsed several times during my step study. And what um, I found was that I was still welcome here. I was not shamed. I was encouraged. No one judged me. Um, and I'm happy to say now that my marriage is whole and healthy. And we attend Willow Bend Church together for the first time. In our marriage, we attend church together. We were both baptized in 2014, and um, 
I'm trying to give back by sponsoring ladies and leading small groups um, and doing whatever Brown says needs to be done. You know, one of the, one of the exciting things is I love them all, even this guy, and they were all train wrecks when they showed up. But God had a better idea. And you know what is exciting to me? All of these folks weren't part of our church. And now they all are. They're part of Willow Bend. And partially because, or mainly because, they knew this was a safe place where they could process. When they saw a senior pastor up here every Monday night playing his guitar, he doesn't just do that on Sundays when we were having this, but every Sunday. And I'm glad that... To, you, you guys stuck around this time. It was, it was good. No, just kidding. <laughs> but it's important to understand this, you know, that people find this a safe place. That doesn't mean we always agree with what's going on, but we agree that it's a safe place where we can process. Thank you so much, guys. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who is in recovery for abandonment, neglect, childhood sexual abuse, and addictions. My name is Clay. Hi, Forever family. So when you say the word drive-by, what comes to mind? <laughs> Probably not drive-by testimony. <laughs> so um, I remember early on last year, there was a lot of discussion about just, you know, increasing our reaching people in CR and increasing attendance here at our church. And I just really kept thinking about that. And I thought, how do we take cardboard testimony to the street? Would we be able to reach people? And so through kind of discussions with Brown and, and thinking about it, and I kept talking about it, and he says, drive by. And I was like, what? Drive by? No, that's not what we want to call it. <laughs> And so I said, but I was thinking maybe we could just be on the street and have all these signs. And he goes, yeah, drive-by testimony. So this is basically, um, I'm here to tell you that for the first time we did this, um, some people thought we were protesting Willow Bend Church. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we weren't. <laughs> Uh, not sure what they thought we were protesting, but we weren't protesting Willow Bend Church. Um, it is a great way to reach out, um, and we reach out to a fallen world, and what better way to do it than to bring our hope, our life in Christ to the world, and we can do it right here at Willow Bend Church, right out front, and we can reach the world. And all it takes is just, as you see from the slide, a handful of people to hold up some signs you know, and anonymity is a big thing at Willow Bend with CR, right? Celebrate Recovery is all about anonymity. And so you can wear a hat, you can wear sunglasses, <laughs> but um, we really want to revive this because we found that the second time we did it, we had more people honk, stop. We even had a gentleman tell us. He turned around and came back and said, this is what this area needs. 
So we know we're reaching some people, and we think we've got down the semantics of how to do it so people don't have a wreck when they're driving by. Um, but this has been something that we know when we talk to newcomers, and they say, how did you know to come here? And they say, the marquee. Even Alan just said it. I saw the marquee. So what better way to do it than on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon to try to reach more people? So thanks. Also, the, and I'm going to go fast. I'm, I'm sorry, we're going long. Uh, but also this year we did uh, we did a Battle of the Bands. And, and Daryl Darryl called it, it's, it's the first annual Battle of the Bands. I'm like, really, dude? We're, we haven't even planned the second one. The Battle of the Bands was an amazing event. If we're going to have another one, so I encourage you all to come out and, and have a good time. We had five bands from various recoveries in North Texas, various Celebrate recoveries in North Texas. We had barbecue. Um, and the greatest thing about it was uh, Family members of band members and others in Celebrate Recovery came out, and so we got to expose Celebrate Recovery to people who are not involved yet. The other thing um, is to, to when you when you see when you see me up here, or when you see someone else in a Celebrate Recovery band, chances are, like Daryl said, I was a train wreck. Well, one of the things that I lost in my codependence was my talents. I lost track of, of the things that I loved, the things that I enjoyed. And so that's one of the big things that I wanted to bring out about Celebrate Recovery. Throughout the recovery process, it's like I became alive again. And God allowed me to use my talents again. So thanks. We've had over 100 people here. We were going to do it outside, uh, but the weather kind of got flaky on us because uh, we were going to try to draw some traffic. Uh, so we moved it inside, and we had over 100 people hanging out in here from all across the, the, the North Plano, North Dallas area. Daryl, can you tell us a little bit about the, the region uh, and what all's happening? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, one of the things that Dave told me when he, when he asked me to be a part of the uh, Celebrate Recovery Management was it goes beyond the brick and mortar of Willowbend Church. We want to be an outreach. And uh, one of the things that we started doing, we got to thinking, you know, Saddleback's got a lot of resources, don't they? They only have about 400, 500 people coming on a Friday night. We don't have that. So what if we start resourcing and, and bringing people together? And, and then we started doing another, uh, something else. We started growing. Is this what we're talking about now? Yeah. The growing? Okay. It's, it's on the list, man. It's, <laughs> anyway, so we started taking people that were leadership here from other churches. And they started going back to their own church. And they started growing their own CRs. Mick over here, he was one of our uh, early members and one of our leaders here. And he started going to other churches. We, used, we had uh, services up here that we were sending out as missionaries, folks from CR. And it was exciting. So we had all of that. But then we decided we're going to start bringing them together on a monthly basis. 
Because as we bring them together, the leadership on a monthly basis, instead of having one church with resources, we have 15, 20 churches with resources. And we're able to do more. We're able to engage more. Give an example that our last meeting, a new CR was starting, and the guy was saying, I really have a problem. I need a, a women's uh, step study co-leader, and I don't know where to go. And I asked the question, and there's a gal sitting right there that's not with our church, but she raised her hand and said, I'll do it. Why? Because she understands the value of what's taking place in CR. You see this map, and those are groups. When we started, we were the only church north of 635 that had uh, Celebrate Recovery. Those bigger stars are the ones that we started individually here. We brought them from here and sent them out. And then the rest of them are kind of offshoots from all of that. We had an impact in this community as far north as the state line and as far uh, west as uh, Fort Worth, as far east as Rockwall, they were all coming here. It's an exciting thing. Well, that's just from this tiny little church right here. If you, if you expect big things, well, you think, okay, the big, the big church down the road. And, and they're doing great things as well. But wait a minute, we're just a, what, a couple hundred people that meet on a, on a Sunday morning. Now, also, uh, just last year alone, I did a survey just last year alone, and out of about the 15, 15 17 people that have given their testimonies, uh, whether at Willow Bend uh, CR or at other Celebrate Recovery groups, uh, just out of those 15, 17 folks, how many, think, how many testimonies do you think we did? You'd guess, okay, 15, 17, 20. That, that would be a fair number. Uh, no, it was, a, it was a little bit more than that. Because we do a testimony, we do a lesson, we do a testimony, do a lesson every week, and that's, that's, that's what all the, the CR groups do. Uh, no, it was a little bit, little bit higher than that. Yeah. No, it was a little bit more than that. Uh, a little bit more than that. No, more. 71. That came out of Willow Bend CR. Out of the 40 to 45 people that meet regularly. We impacted the region. And I don't know how many lessons that we because uh, there's 26 lessons, there's 26 testimonies in a year all throughout the region. And those are just the ones that I know of, the folks that replied to my email. This church, it's not just those folks that are meeting on Monday that have stuff. We're impacting the region here. We're going far beyond just these four walls. So it's, it's huge. And thank you all so much. How many folks are from a CR group or have been to a CR group? If you don't mind... Okay, that's a quarter of the folks in here. So you other three quarters? <laughs> We're here Monday. Uh, there's other notes on here. Hey, what's happening at, the, at CPR? CPR, that's another thing that we, we started doing. Cel CPR stands for Celebrating Pastors Recovery. We lead step studies for pastors that are struggling, that they can't go. I know Dave couldn't come to a step study uh, here at Willow Bend Church because some of the stuff he's dealing with might have been people in the step study. So we can't do that. <laughs> so I have started with, we do a, a, a CPR every year. And we just started this one. And it's exciting because pastors have a place where they can process 
where they're able to grow. And more importantly, they start developing an accountability team among other pastors. And it's a safe place for them to process. Because like it or not, as a pastor, you have to have that aura in front of the sanctuary. You gotta, you gotta be like you've got most of your stuff together. None of us have all of our stuff together. And pastors take a bad hit because of that. So I'm excited to share that. And I've got a number of people that are actually helping me uh, co-lead that. And we're, our next step is we're going to start doing uh, CPR for ministers' wives because they need it too. Thanks. Now, Celebrate Recovery is a, is a great commission ministry. Uh, we go make disciples of men in Jerusalem, Judea, and the whole world. Okay? Now, Jerusalem being, okay, your local area, your city, uh, we've got that covered. In the, in the region, the Judea, that's kind of the, the statewide area. But how are we doing this in the whole world? Yeah. Okay, I've asked you to put your seatbelts on. You really need to tighten them down now. We had an opportunity uh, to do a ministry in Iran. My wife, the first thing, when I got off the phone, she, the first thing she said was, you're not going to Iran. <laughs> I told you she's a control person. And I like my teeth, so I didn't say... Anyway, we formed a, a nonprofit. It's called Recovery International. And we met with this, with this group. And what we came up with was a, if for, you know, Don Jones calls it a reality show. But we have an, one hour, an hour program where we do 20 minutes in testimony because we want them to reach the heart. Then we do 20 minutes in lessons because we want them to reach ahead. And then we, broadcast, we produced locally the, uh, a roundtable to, to just illustrate what it's like to do a small group. And it was exciting. You know how many people watched it the first night that it was on when it was shot off to Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan? Any idea? Give me a guess. Somebody, throw out a guess. A thousand. Not... 20 million. Well, when the night we launched, it was 6 million. Today, we're at 50 million. You know, that's Brown and myself and a, this guy down here. Again, some train wrecks that got us in. We did Internet Recovery International because we wanted, we think, well, Mexico's our neighbor. We weren't thinking about going across the world, but you know something? We're changing lives. We're getting comments back, and we're excited about it. Can you go through some of the logistical stuff of that? Yeah. Uh, what we did, imagine a, a Celebrate Recovery television show, if you will. That's what, that's what you're watching. Uh, so the lessons and the testimonies, we've, we've, we've got those. Those were canned. All we had to do was translate. Uh, so what we needed to produce here locally uh, was a small group. And if you've ever been a small group, it, it's a confidential thing, so we had to get particular people who were healthy enough that, okay, I'll get up and let you know I'm a train wreck. That's okay. Uh, so that's what we did. Uh, we did two days of filming, uh, a couple of months between each other. Uh, we did eight lessons, or eight small groups the first time. 
uh, eight, 15 minute section. And oddly enough, God somehow managed to let each section run between 14 and 15 and a half minutes. How did he do the timing? Because we, we were hoping we could keep these in 15 minute clips. Uh, and we had somebody with a stopwatch, but there was no really way to, to, to shot cut. Um, but God took care of that detail. Uh, so we did first the eight, uh, first film the first. First eight. We filmed the first eight. Yeah, this is crazy about recovery. You get to do a do-over. We filmed the first eight in one day, figured out all the mistakes and where we went wrong and how we screwed it up, and then we filmed 16 the, the second time, and it just it just moved. Um, we've got a couple of small clips, uh, one from a men's group and then one from a ladies' group. Uh, Alan, if you could get those, those playing real quick. Actually, we're going to do it this year now since it's the 16th. Uh, on April 15th, we're going to take that program to Turkey. We have already begun the uh, translations on that. Uh, so there, we've got uh, the gals learning uh, Turkish right now, and they're getting pretty good at it. Uh, once that's up on the 15th, our next goal is North Korea. I remember a president one time saying that the axis of evil was Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. And those borders are closed. But we have an opportunity to change lives through that. So our goal, we are steadfast on that, that we're going to move forward with that. But we're not just that. 
we work with the uh, Salvation Army. And we, we started a really healthy program here in Dallas. We're looking to start that in, in the Salvation Armies all over Texas and the contiguous United States. We're out, actually, right now, I'm planning a trip to uh, Mexico City to work with uh, uh, ARC up there to get it started. So Recovery International is actually going to go to Mexico. We're, we're doing that just because we said we were going to do that. Uh, God, God didn't give us permission to go back to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, great we're going international, but we're also going local as well. Uh, y'all are familiar with the Unity Gospel Mission down in Dallas, the homeless shelter. Uh, we're taking Celebrate Recovery, and, and the challenge with those men down there, you're not getting the same men that show up every week. I mean, it's a transient lifestyle, obviously. Uh, so we're going to take Celebrate Recovery light, if you will, uh, take life's healing choices, Tear that down to a, to a lesson that we can deliver on a monthly basis and go down there. Because our hope is, our hope is, if these guys will start making better decisions, uh, they can get out of that, that cycle of homelessness. Uh, if, they can, if they can put the bottle away and reach for, for, for something else versus going back to their addiction, they can make a better decision. And if they can make a better decision and, and get more stable, well, then we've got a Salvation Army program uh, that we can get them plugged into. We're going to partnering with the Salvation Army to get a lot of testimonies from them to go down to the Union Gospel Mission uh, because those guys, there's several guys that have come one from the other. So we get them making better decisions, get them into the ARC at the Salvation Army Adult, Adult Rehabilitation Center. And then from there they can get into their own church with their own CR program. So it's not just you know, showing up and preaching, hey Jesus loves you. Yes he does, but hey Jesus loves you and here, we, we've got a plan. We've got something that you can work towards. Um, we're doing that with the Union Gospel Mission. We're trying to find the leaders to do it with the Center of Hope, uh, with, the, with the female side of things. Uh, and once we get leaders in place, it's just, it's just a plug-and-play program. Uh, you just take it. Instead of saying he, you say she. Okay? Uh, so it's real simple. It's real easy. Well, it's easy. Uh, what else are we doing? You know something? Dave, if you would let us have more CR Sundays, we wouldn't have gone so long. <laughs> I'm saying that in love. We appreciate it. And I know we've gone long, and that wasn't our intent, but I told you we had a lot to talk about. We're excited as a group. We are excited that we have the support of the, of the pastor and the elders to make this thing happen. It's not a coincidence that we have the leadership that we do. Now, this is God's church, isn't it? God puts the leaders here. And I, I believe that one of the reasons that, that Celebrate Recovery has changed so many lives is because we are in alignment with the, with the leaders, with the pastor and the elders of this church because it is through them that we grow. I just wanted to close with that, and uh, I will tell you this. As the band comes up, unless they've left, I don't know. Dave, did they leave? They're coming. I just, I just want to thank you for allowing us uh, to cut in. I was going to say something earlier about, you know, if you don't like what we're saying, we'll take an offering, and uh, I'll say a prayer, and then you could beat Prestonwood to the restaurants. But that didn't work. Oh, I've got to do this. My brother Mick is—he's uh, involved 
with the program. He's on the board of directors for Recovery International. You got 90 seconds, buddy. Wow. 90 seconds. First, I'm very happy to be here and excited, as Daryl would have to be, uh, to be at Willowbend where so much is going on and to have been a part of that for all these years. Uh, integrity in the Workplace is another program of Recovery International that we're getting off the ground. And Integrity, which is uh, what do you do when people aren't looking and uh, being honest with yourself. And we look at that, of course, with our addictions, especially dealing with, uh, uh, in this case, pornography. We know that there's uh, programs for alcohol and drugs, uh, for overeating, for all sorts of programs that businesses can offer to their employees. But when it comes to pornography, that's disgusting. You're fired. You know? And so we uh, don't have any options. But does pornography, is it hopeless? Is, can you detox pornography? And you can. I'm an example of that. I'm a grateful believer, very grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And he has the one who can heal all things. And so we need to give that opportunity to those in the workplace as well. So we're trying to go into workplaces and have done a pilot program to go in and say, don't fire that person. The employee can keep that person as a viable employee. You don't have to spend the $30,000 to fire him and replace him and lose your productivity. You can put them into a program which we will offer you at a very uh, great cost savings. You don't have to have them leave for three months in a resort somewhere. Uh, you can keep them at work. You can bring them into a CR program where there will be accountability. There will be uh, ability to be sponsored we will be reporting to you and therefore you can keep that employee you also have less risk of being sued because why are you giving the drug and alcohol people an opportunity and not giving those who you may catch with pornography so uh, we present that program to them it also gives that employee a chance to be able to uh, be healed you know to be able to go through a program other than just being fired, to lose their job, lose their income, to go down into the pit further, but instead give them the opportunity which Christ can give to heal them and to provide them a better life and better opportunity. So that's the crux of this program, and if you're interested in that, get in touch with Daryl or I or Brown, and we'll help you uh, talk about that with him, please. Very cost-savings program, very good for employer and employee that is not being offered so much these days. Thank you for letting me share.